What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 242 Leadership Podcast. Excited to be putting together another episode. You know me. I'm Chris, the college pastor, and I'm joined today by our college ministry associate. So official. Yeah, that's really the only reason I said it, to make you sound better than you are. It's Ryan Williams. Wow. I don't know why I'm here then. (laughs) And the episode is over. Ryan just left. I left. Come back. Come back, Ryan. No, we're going to be putting together a series of episodes that we're going to be releasing over the next couple of weeks, and it is coming from a chapter out of a book called Lead by a guy named Paul David Tripp. And Paul David Tripp has been in ministry and working with church ministry leaders for literally several decades. And one of the chapters, this is a book that I'm currently working through, and one of the chapters is called, actually, I don't know what it's called, Gospel. Gospel. I think it's just called Gospel. Yeah. Yeah. But it's talking about gospel community surrounding church leaders and how important it is for us not only to be creating that environment for the people that we're leading, but also to be making sure and be intentional that we have that type of community for ourselves, and that we're surrounding ourselves with gospel community that's going to help us as we're leading and helping other people. And I've been really, really convicted. I shared a little bit of content from this with our leadership group when we kind of gathered together a few weeks ago, but I wanted to walk through their eight different aspects to gospel community that he highlights. And so we're going to put out a short episode about each of those eight, but this is really just kind of setting the idea for gospel community. And so as you read through this chapter, Ryan, what are what are some things that stuck out to you, something that maybe you hadn't thought about, or it was just highlighted in a different way for you? Yeah. Oh, well, I love the intro because it, it he basically illustrates this idea that church leadership is hard. Yeah. Like it is, and it, it it's taxing too. Um, the amount of effort that you put in, and the sometimes what seems like the lack of reward can be discouraging. Yeah, absolutely. And I've I've definitely been in that situation before. Not even just in this role, but also just as a student leader last year. Man, there was sometimes where I felt like I was doing so much. And I just felt like there was nothing coming back, nothing that felt rewarding of a feeling. And I love the perspective that he continues to offer and how he brings it back and says, that is why community is so important in church leadership. That is why you should rally the troops. That is why you should have people in your corner is because of how hard it is to be a leader and how it can feel like it's just demanding of you. It's not giving anything in return back to you. So I love I love how he says later on in the, into the intro portion of the chapter, he says, if you've given yourself to building people, you've accepted the call to suffer for the sake of the gospel. And man, that's that's truth. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that is truth, you know, and that that's that's not even just that should be a call in our lives if we follow Jesus altogether. Yeah. And that's exactly what Paul says to Timothy in Second Timothy three twelve. I wrote it down. It says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Yeah. Like that's that's an affirmation. Like yeah, he's absolutely. saying you will experience the struggle and the pain of following Christ at some point. Yeah. You will be persecuted. Yeah, for and sure. So um, obviously we're not persecuted the same way today as we were then, but the enemy is trying um, to derail us in every aspect. And so um, that's, that's why it's so important to have people around. Yeah. Us. And I think that this idea of persecution, like, it can look a lot of different ways. In fact, he even says this when he's talking about what it looks like. And he had told a story about a woman that he had walked with who had really become one of his biggest critics Mm -hmm. and detractors and how hard that was and how hurtful that was for him to have invested so much in 
to that relationship with her and building her up and walking with her for her to, in some ways, kind of turn on him. And and that was hurtful. But he talked about how this community protected him in a way that was loving, kind, honest, and encouraging. Mm -hmm. But then he goes on and he starts talking about us. And and this is where I think that as leaders in this ministry, we can start to identify with a couple of these things. So I want to read this paragraph. It says, I'm sure that my experience resonates with many of you. If you have served long in local church leadership, you have collected your own stories. You have been blindsided by criticism. People you've invested in have turned their backs on you. You've had your qualifications questioned. You've watched dear friends leave your church. You've been through seasons of feeling alone and misunderstood. There have been times when you have been afraid to confess how hurt and angry you actually are. You've hungered. Sorry, I totally missed the line. You've hungered for encouragement. You've longed for someone to come alongside you to help you deal with your struggle without leaving you feeling judged. You haven't always been happy, content. You have stories to tell. And I love the idea, not that we have walked through those things, but the reminder that lots of people have walked through those things. And he ends at the very end saying, you've longed for someone to come alongside you to help you deal with your struggle without leaving you feeling judged. You haven't always been a happy, contented leader. You have stories to tell. And that is our story. And I have heard those stories from so many of our leaders, whether that is a CG where the people just don't feel bought in and you've invested so much, or you felt like, and this was a story this semester, you felt mm-hmm. like this semester went so well, you poured yourself out, you did yeah. everything you could, and then the feedback that you get from your CG is like, yeah, it was all right. Right. And it's like, wait, what? Right. What do you mean it was all right? Like, yeah. I, th- I thought that was amazing. I thought y'all thought that was amazing. And so it can very quickly become this thing that is discouraging, that pulls us down, that begins to affect other areas in our life. And his encouragement, and I think that God's encouragement is, this is a reality. Mm -hmm. It's okay to feel this way. Surround yourself with people that will walk with you through this and that can relate with you. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think something else to be said, and there's a, there's a couple parts in this chapter that, that I really love and I'm going to bring up, but I love what he says at the end of one of his paragraphs. He says, but it has to be said that the hardship, messiness and unpredictability of ministry is his workroom of grace. Yeah. And that's just so true because, and especially when you're bringing in that gospel community, because, you know, that this, this idea of, of ministering to people it is not designed to be easy. It's going to require you to to break the walls of a relationship to really get to know someone truly, yeah. and it isn't going to be done in one, con- you know, confrontation. Right. It's, it's going to be done in multiple meetups, and it's going to be. And sometimes breaking that wall down can take years. Mm-hmm. You know, planting those seeds. That's that's something that is a, a challenge. It's a prideful challenge sometimes. You yeah, know? absolutely. And so there's so much challenge that goes into this, but the the good news is is that His grace is sufficient. And that the Lord is someone that is your backbone in this process. Yeah. And that's that's someone that's the the ultimate person that you want in your corner when you're entering into these situations. So yeah, I love it. And just the reminder that when we choose to engage with the messiness, when we step into the arena, that's God's workroom right. for his grace to show and to be sufficient and for us to recognize who he is and what he's done for us. And it's just so beautiful when right. you think about that. So exactly. Anything else stick out to you? Yeah. I mean, I got one more thing right at the end of that intro. It says, it's the gospel that tells us who leaders are, what leaders need, how leaders should relate to one another, how the leadership community should function, what its values should be, Mm. how it will deal with disappointment and failure, and how it will identify and nurture future leaders. And I think that's so true. At the end of the day, the gospel community, as we're going to talk about over the next couple episodes, is super important. Yeah. 
But if it's not focused around the first part of what I said, the gospel, mm-hmm. it's missing the mark. Yep. It's not going to give you what you need to be able to do ministry. And so through through that, go back, replay that that line because I think there's so much truth to that. But there there's so much to be found and specifically where the gospel can lead you. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. And as we go on this journey, I want to read one more it's really like three more sentences that he says, this is kind of what started this journey for me as I was reading this book. I was like, oh, this information is good. And then I read these next couple of sentences and was just reminded, like, I forget this so often. And as we go on this journey as leadership over the break, as we are hitting pause and looking for refreshing and encouragement so that we can come back inspired and challenged and equipped to take on another semester, to engage with people in this mission, recognizing we have to engage with each other in this gospel community, I want us to be reminded of this. He says this, no one in your leadership community is free of sin. No one is fully spiritually mature in every way. Everyone in your leadership community needs everything the church is intended to provide. Mm. Wow. Like the reminder that we do not suddenly arrive and become a perfect example of Christ. We do not just magically transform and no longer need the redemptive message of the gospel simply because we step onto a team that gives us a title of being a leader. We have to remember that about ourselves, and I think we're better at remembering that about ourselves, right? We we extend grace to ourselves. We need to remember that about the people around us, that they too are sinners. They too are in need of every single thing that the church is intended to offer. That includes the people on our leadership team. And so as we start going through this journey of what it looks like to have gospel community, I want us to be reminded of the people that are on our team. They are capable but they are still sinners, and that's okay. And so we're in this together. No one has fully arrived. You have not fully arrived. Mm-hmm. I have not fully arrived. None of the leaders on our team have fully arrived. And when we can remember that and begin to extend grace to each other, I think we begin to relate in a different way that helps us walk on this journey a little bit better and a little bit closer. For sure. We're all one team. Absolutely. That's, that's no doubt. Absolutely. Okay, well, thanks, Ryan, for joining us on this episode. Yeah, like I said, sure. there are eight topics that we are about to tackle. The first one is actually that gospel community is nurturing. So come back for the next episode and we will be talking about that. See you guys later. See you.